You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Stacy. We are excited to bring to you the new NBC series, Grand Crew. Featured in this podcast is actor Nicole Byer and Carl Tart. Now, Grand Crew is a new comedy that proves life is better than your crew. This group of young professionals are all trying to navigate the ups and downs of life and love in Los Angeles, and they find a way to unpack it all and wind down. Also, we have on board is Carl Tart. Carl Tart is a writer performer with acting credits that include Briar Patch, The Good Place, Arrested Development, Transparent, and so much more. And Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer is an actor, comedian, writer, author, and podcaster, and is perhaps most well known as the host of Netflix's Emmy Award nominated competition series Nailed It, which has gained a cult following of viewers since its promotion streaming on the platform in 2018. Bayer made history by becoming the first black woman ever to be nominated in the category of outstanding host for a reality or competition program. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode featuring Grand Crew stars Phil Augusta Jackson, Carl Tart, and Nicole Bayer here on the Black Girl Nerds podcast. You look absolutely beautiful as usual. (laughs) This is such a fun show. Um, I've been kind of following it for a while. I'm a big fan of you and big fan of Carl, uh, just kind of specifically. And then I heard about the show and I was like, all right, here we go. You know, the nice little network mainstream show. What, (laughs) how'd you get involved with this? Phil Augusta Jackson, who wrote the pilot and is the showrunner of the show and an EP of the show, executive producer, um, I've known him for over a decade. We did improv mm. together in New York. Oh, wow. Um, and I moved out to LA first. He moved out after and worked for Key and Peel. And we've always, we've like just remained friends. We're still like, we still do improv together. And he texted me. I was like, I wrote this pilot uh, with you in mind for one of the parts. If it ever went, would you be interested? And I was like, I'm a writer or die. I think you're so talented. <laughs> I love you. You're a good friend. Um, and then when it came time for it, uh, I like read it and I just thought it was so well written and so funny and so full of heart. And mm-hmm. I was like, of course I want to be a part of this. And then my deal closed and we shot it and it was so surreal. Cause, and I kept saying to him, I was like, you told me 10 years ago or over 10 years ago when we were improvising in a basement that we were <laughs> making a network TV show with a bunch of our friends where we got to make decisions. I would have been like, I mean, it's only going to take 10 years, you know? Right. <laughs> Like, okay, (laughs) we'll see what happens. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy that it's all come together. And I love 
seeing just kind of knowing some of you individually as comedians and as actors in your own right it's so interesting seeing the little things that are thrown in from each person and one thing um with Nikki is uh, when they went polling and I was like oh my god I know Nicole's gonna kill it because of course I'm go on your Instagram and I love seeing your uh, progress with polling and especially as like you know woman of size and you know it's like we get shut out of the conversation of that so much and I love that that's now like yeah of course we do this yeah of course this is how it is so um did you kind of pitch that or how was that brought into the show well Phil since he is a friend he knows I I pole dance um Mm -hmm. and we were just talking about like self-care stuff and he was like is that considered self-care for you and I was like Absolutely. I think moving your body joyfully is a self-care thing. Um, especially like, I don't know, like I think a lot of fat people are just told exercise, you'll feel better. And no one ever says why. And it's right. like, oh, cause you release endorphins or whatever. And it's like, well, I don't like running. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go to a gym and lift weight. I don't want to do that. And then I found pole and was like, oh, well, this is, I, I love strippers. I think sex work is real work. And I was like, oh, I could do this. So when Phil was like, uh, is that part of your self-care? I was like, absolutely. So then we put it in the show and boy, oh boy, is it hard to shoot pole dancing. <laughs> it's exhausting. I was like, you get one more out of me. Okay? Exactly. That's great. I love that. Um, what is, so, and again, I kind of love the idea of Nikki being single, having this love life, kind of loved in the first episode where she was like, I think he's a donkey. It might be an <laughs> elephant. It just because I know so many women, especially here in LA, where that's like, your signals go off. You're like, wait a minute, <laughs> are you going to end up killing me? <laughs> you know, what yeah. are those questions that you ask on the first date? Are we going to see more from Nikki's love life and um, how that kind of evolves? Absolutely. Oh, and, um, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, we see more of Nikki's love life in the last episode that aired. I think that was the third or fourth episode. It is hard for me to remember numbers, uh, <laughs> but uh, she has a storyline sex henry where she's trying to make <laughs> sex henry back into casual moving a little faster than she wants and she doesn't know where she wants it to be um and then maybe we see a, some more um but yeah nikki has a very healthy love life and i think that's a nice thing for people to see because sometimes they're just like mm-hmm. what do you mean you're fat and you date and you're like oh yeah you know some some moms are fat how did you get right you know, right out there who like it there's something for everybody exactly i love it well i adore you in this show and i wish you guys nothing but the best thank you so much for taking this time with me and i hope you have a great rest of your day you too thank you (laughs) hello 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 how are you hi carl how are you? Good to see you. Good. I know you worked with Phil over at Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Is that where y'all met or had y'all known each other before then? No, we knew each other before that. Uh, Phil moved out from New York, I want to say in like 2014, 2013. He moved out, I think he moved late 2013, but I was in Amsterdam doing mm. this oh, uh, job right. over there. And then mm-hmm. uh, when I got back uh, in November of that, October of 2014, we became fast friends because he was working with my group. The big team, which is uh, formerly known as White Women, uh, <laughs> we—he uh, was working with us on sketches that we were doing back then. He was helping us out, kind of like as a sketch coach. 
And we just became fast friends and just, you know, started hanging out and stuff after I got back. Was he talking about Grand Crew while y'all were working on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Is this something that you've kind of been with since the beginning? No, um, honestly, that kind of came later. That was after I left Brooklyn where he was, when him and uh, Dan started uh, talking about pitching a show and and, uh, Dan had come to hang out with us one night at the wine bar that we kick it at. And he was like, oh, this is the show right here. He was like, this is a crazy scenario. Y'all the only <laughs> black people in here and y'all having these crazy conversations in this wine bar where mm-hmm. like people are like eating charcuterie and having tastings and on <laughs> dates and stuff. And we just in the back like, ah! Right. You know? So he uh, definitely was, he was like, oh, that, that's definitely like the show. And that's how, that's how that became born. I love the impetus of it being, you know, Echo's character, Noah, uh, basically moving too fast with Alicia and then be mm-hmm. like, we got to find a new place to go. And, you know, every <laughs> yeah. place kind of having its issues and you get to the wine bar and you're like, yeah, we adults now. Yeah. And it kind of speaks to the idea of uh, what this show does, which is questioning a lot of kind of, um, I guess, toxic masculine kind of stereotypes that are put on men but especially on black men mm-hmm. where you know and I think Big Sherm's character kind of really embodies that where he's like we don't cry you know you keep you keep your feelings uh, go cry in the bathroom and you uh-huh. know keep it to yourself but you see these really kind of enlightened moments um, was that always a part of it and how do you kind of fit that in with your character yeah, I think that's what Phil wanted to explore the most with it, because it's something that we don't get to see very often, just uh, Black men having different, you know, thoughts and views. Mm-hmm. At black, like, we've, we've had we've had close to it in the past with certain projects, but I think this one is, is a lot different, and uh, it's hitting people in a weird way, honestly. <laughs> uh, I've been getting some interesting DMs about how people feel about it. Some people really love it. Some people don't know what to think about it. Uh, but I think what that's proving on both sides of the coin is that it's needed. Right. Because I've definitely, I, from the first episode, I saw dudes being like, man, all these dudes are soft, man. I'm not trying. To... And then by episode four, they're like, oh man, I love that guy. I think that's like, Hank so like, I'm like seeing that, that shift and that change. And it's really cool. And, uh, as far as how, what I bring to it, uh, yeah, I, I could be pretty toxic. I definitely like that, <laughs> that, uh, that story, that 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 whole thing about not crying and stuff, I definitely went through that as mm. a kid, you know, not being like I've always been a pretty goofy guy. And even when I was a kid, believe it or not, like you've seen me perform live. Believe it or not, I they used to, you know, the I was raised by mostly women and mm-hmm. they were the ones that used to call that out. Like right. he's so goofy and he and he he's soft and he cries. We gotta put him in football. We gotta do this and that's just kind of how we are. But I think what that is, is we as black men have to be tough to survive in this country mm-hmm. and in this world in general. And that's those women's way, those just parents in general's way of kind of, you know, trying that. to ensuring that. And that may be toxic. That may not be the best way to raise a young man, but uh, that is what it is. They're doing the best that they could. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, my grandma and, great grandma and great aunties. These are women who have seen it all, who have, who have been through so much. Who, like my great grandma lived on a sharecropping farm when she was a kid and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it was like, 
she knows what it took to be a man. She like what you know in in her mind, to, especially to be a black man in this country. And so that's kind of where that that stuff comes from. And I will fully admit that I went through that. I'm from Mississippi. Like <laughs> I, I definitely you know had to get toughened up. I was forced to play football and stuff and all that type of stuff. And I and I'm not the biggest crier now because of that. But you know, I am in therapy. I am working through stuff. I am you know doing that type of stuff. So I think that's definitely what I bring. What, what bring to the character and stuff like that. Well, I think what's interesting is that the show really shows that there is a happy median to be had yeah. between someone, you know, where it's like, oh, I cry all the time and I'm so sensitive about everything. And then, you know, I'm a rock and mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll never get a tear out of me. And so you have that kind of happy middle where it's like, yeah, Black men can be goofy. They can be corny. You know, they mm-hmm. can be vulnerable. Yeah. But it maybe it's only with the people that they're really, like, close to and that they for really sure. love. So sure, I, like, sure. I like that a lot. Um, tell me about what we have to expect from Sherm going forward. Uh, I think you get to, to witness, uh, you know, you get to, you get to witness some changes in his life. You get to witness him growing as the show progresses uh he's still he's still himself which is one thing that i love about him uh (laughs) but he i think we get to just see more action from him and see more of how you know how he kind of navigates the world and and his thought process and his views on things and stuff like that so you're uh or sherman's in a roommate situation Mm-hmm. what was it like kind of forming that relationship? Cause it's like, y'all know each other, but you don't really know each other. And yeah. so, you know, it's still just trying to form this bond that, what yeah, do you do? I, <laughs> I think we kind of touched on that in the pilot episode where it was like, oh, this is a friend of like, so Noah is, is my friend from high school mm-hmm. that went on to go to college and become, you know, do things that he met uh, Anthony in college. But I didn't go to college, so I kind of feel inadequate towards them because, but also, you know, they kind of praised me for my intelligence level, even though I did not go to higher education and things like that. So I think that uh, that's what kind of how the bond was built. And then once we got that slap boxing session out of our system, like it's all love at that point. Sometimes you just got to fight it out. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. (laughs) I laughed a lot with that. Well, thank you so much, Carl, for taking this time. I am so excited for more people to get their eyes on this show. And um, I definitely hope we get more seasons. So I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you. Thank you. (laughs) The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.